Christian, what do you think is on the inside of a black hole? That was not what I was expecting. I would say maybe a bunch of nothingness. But there's always something, right? Like it always, there's always something there. It can't just be complete nothingness. It's probably something we'll never see. So, aren't you curious though? Like, is it is it like what that 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 dark matter stuff they're always talking about, or is it just a random void? Is it like a weird space time bend where you go on one one side and you come out on the other side of the universe out of a completely different black hole? One of the earliest Disney movies, I can't even think of the name, was was about. I think it might have been called Black Hole. Really, One of the earliest Disney sci fi movies I remember. Somehow the ship ended up going into a black hole. Spoiler alert. But oh, there goes that. <laughs> you know, I would say maybe a time, some kind of time bend would make more sense and matter to us more than anything else. Anything else in the in a black hole is just is. Everything gets sucked into a black hole, so it can't really survive. So I would think what would matter to us, unless a black hole appears in our universe right away, um, would be the time bending. So do you think if you just walked into a black hole, you'd just cease to exist? I would think some part of you would exist in some form, whether it's just energy from your destruction. That's, uh, <laughs> that's freaky deaky. <laughs> Today, we're going to be discussing some false flags that have taken place in, uh, outside of the U.S., but also inside the U.S. Well, not so much. There's a couple inside the U.S., but mainly the properties that we uh, claim. Is that the word? Like the places that aren't states, but hey, oh, okay, they're, yes. they're ours. Okay. I'm just going to read through some facts that I've pulled from various sources. Uh, New York Times. NSA archives, uh, Washington Post, WikiLeaks has found its way in there, surprisingly. Who would have thought? The Guardian, and et cetera, et cetera. Okay, these are false flags that have taken place outside the U.S. Uh, the year was 1953. The plot, as it were, is uh, Britain, fearful of Iran's plans to nationalize its oil industry, came up with the idea for a coup in 1952 and pressed the United States to mount a joint operation to remove the prime minister at the time, Mohammed Mossadegh, or Mossadegh, I don't know. Mossadegh. Mossadegh? Yeah. Okay, that's that's why you're around. Because <laughs> um, I will butcher anything that's not English, I will absolutely butcher it. I will probably butcher a lot of it too. Well, there you go. But I know this, this one. <laughs> okay, well that works. Perfect. Iranians working for the CIA and posing as communists harassed religious leaders and staged the bombing of one cleric's home in a campaign to turn the country's Islamic religious community against Masadeh's government. Fearful of risking his throne, the Shah, Shah? Yeah. repeatedly refused to sign CIA written royal decrees 
to change the government. They arranged for the Shah's twin sister, Princess Ashraf Paleva, Paleva, Palevi, Palevi. So one of those is bound to be it. And General H. Norman Schwarzkopf, the father of the Desert Storm commander, to act as the intermediary intermediaries to try to keep him from wilting under pressure. He still fled the country just before the coup succeeded. 1964. In 2005, a declassified document from the NSA, NSA archive detailed facts about what happened during the Gulf of Tonkin incident. That was Vietnam. Yes. That effectively, was supposedly what brought us into Vietnam. Yeah. Almost like a, a reason to get into Vietnam, exactly. would you say? Okay. Yeah. Uh, effectively admitting to their own deceit and proving that the NSA was manipulating data to make it look like North Vietnamese boats fired on a U.S. ship so as to create a false justification for the Vietnam War. And that is directly from the NSA. That's pretty dark, right? And it's not, it's not too long ago. That isn't too long ago. It, and it's, it ended up being really dark. Yeah. The, I think the reasoning behind going into Vietnam wasn't quite as dark as it ended up being. Yeah. I think it was a way, or the justification was, it was a way to stop the spread of communism, which to the U.S. was the biggest threat at the time. So I would say it ended up being really dark, especially for all the soldiers and civilians that were involved, both U.S. and in Vietnam. But looking at the goals and the policies of the U.S. at that time, it makes sense. It makes sense to either stage that or to use a scenario like that to start involvement in that region. Pretty dark. Yes. I mean, dark. Look, I'm not in the military. I don't, you know, want to fight anyone, but maybe those strategies are necessary or was that 100% avoidable and done for the absolute wrong reasons? I think if the U.S. would have looked a little bit closer at previous history Mm. than 10, 20 years prior to that, they would have found that the French had many of the same problems that the U.S. had when they went into that region. Yeah. The old, uh, those that don't learn from history often repeat it. Right. Classic. Just a few minutes of research. I mean, there wasn't the internet back then, but I feel like. Well, there were people arguing, you know, opposing that side. And there were plenty of people that didn't want to go into a place like Vietnam at the time. But, you know, the whole point is you get, if you're the president, you're supposed to have the people that are for and the people that are against, and they're supposed to be the best and smartest. And then the president has to make that decision. Yeah. So who was the president then? That was, uh, that would have been, what year was it? 64. 64. That would have been Johnson, I believe. Really? Huh. Yes. Cause was Kennedy, Kennedy was killed in 63. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, Don't and Johnson me. is pointed at as escalating the war in Vietnam. Yeah. And Kennedy was supposedly looking at ways to get out of there in the limited fashion they were in at that time. Yeah. So, but they didn't want to get out of it. So that's why they killed Kennedy. (laughs) Well, whoever, whoever got to Kennedy had, had their reasons. Yeah. That will absolutely be a topic at one point. Uh, I actually even touched a little bit on it in this. This, the year, I don't know, to be honest with you, there, it looked like it was varied reports, different years, could have taken over some time. Former CIA director George Tenet said that the White House wanted to invade Iraq long before 9-11 and inserted crap, quote unquote crap, and its justifications for invading Iraq. Former Treasury Secretary Paul O'Neill, who sat on the National Security Council, also says 
that Bush planned the Iraq War before 9-11. Top British officials say that the U.S. discussed Iraq regime change even before Bush took office. And in 2000, Cheney said a Bush administration might, quote, have to take military action to forcibly remove Sodom from power. Do you, do you buy into that? Do you think that's like... I would say there was definitely a plan on invading Iraq earlier. Yeah. And there was probably a plan from the very first Gulf War at the end of that. True. There's plenty of evidence out there that shows how hard the push was to go into Iraq. And there's a multitude of reasons, I think, that that would have been done. Just maybe not even, not justifiably, but there's yeah. a bunch of reasons. One of the one of the interesting things that, that should be looked into is the fact that at the time, Saudi Arabia was kind of pushing the boundaries of what we expected of them yeah. as an ally. And after basically calming the the threat in the first Gulf War of Iraq pushing into Saudi Arabia. Yeah, yeah. Um, so one of the, they did, Saudi Arabia wanted Iraq to kind of be in chaos or to have Saddam Hussein stay in power because he was a balance for Iran at the time. Yeah. He kept Iran in check because they were always fighting. One of, the, one of the theories was that because of the way Saudi Arabia was acting, we might have gone after something important to them, namely yeah, that buffer, yeah. and made them more dependent on us than they would have been if Iraq had Saddam Hussein hadn't been toppled. There's a lot of, uh, could be a conspiracy theory, but there's a lot of evidence out there that shows that that would have benefited the U.S. in a different way, aside from the, the story you always hear about the oil. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing is why why was that such a focus from the beginning? Why basically right after 9-11 was the focus put on tying Iraq to the attacks, trying yeah. to at least? That, that would be interesting to see what the different people involved were looking at and why they wanted to push that direction. And yeah. um, kind of a fun way to see the inner workings at the time is to watch the movie Vice. Um, I've wanted to. Like, yeah. I, when did that come out? 2016 or was it? I like, think so. Yeah. Maybe more recent than that, maybe 18. Really? It's a pretty recent movie, but it, huh. it actually shows you kind of the view from Dick Cheney's perspective. And there's a lot of he and Donald Rumsfeld. And yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting to watch. Yeah, I've, I've wanted to. But I mean, everything that I've come across paints Dick Cheney as a very bad person. I would say most of the time I believe that. Yeah. But he's a very smart person, very ambitious. Yeah, um, that's, and, a, that's a potent mix. You and, <laughs> I mean, some of those characteristics have caused him to do really good things for the United States at the same time. Yeah. And that's the problem with people in power, people that are that powerful that he could basically when he signed in signed on to help George Bush become elected, he was going to be in charge of finding the vice president for him. Yeah. In the end, he found himself. Interesting. And brought how, his, how could you ever come to that? Yeah. Who would have thought? He and Donald Rumsfeld were good buddies and yeah. it's it's another good reason to watch that movie cuz the acting's great. Who who knows if it's truthful but there's a lot of evidence in a lot of books and stories and yeah, articles yeah. about the inner workings at the time. And it is similar to what you see in this movie. That makes me uh, a little nervous to watch this movie. But one of these one of these Saturdays, I have to I just have to sit down and do it because I don't think it's something that China will watch with me. Well, it's the acting in it is yeah. would make people that might not like it 
watch it because it is a really interesting film and yeah. it takes you back to Dick Cheney probably in his 20s and 30s and how he started from there and it just it's 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 a fun trip hmm. yeah I have to add that I have a very forgetful mind so I, I have a literally a note on my phone that says movies to watch because if I don't write it down guaranteed by you know 7 p.m tonight I will forget about it yeah I always end up scrolling endlessly Amazon or Netflix because I can't remember which movie I wanted to see. Yeah, yeah, I do that a lot. It's um, it's not good, especially when it's just in my mind. Yeah, like that's the worst. When I can be right here and I can walk over to the couch and be like, I'm gonna put this movie on. I'll sit down, I'll look at my phone for three seconds, and then I'll be like, What was I gonna do? Yeah, that's really bad. That's technology, right? That has to be. That's the world we've chosen. Yeah, it's become such an instant thing that my mind is like, You don't need to remember that or. Or maybe I'm just, there's too many thoughts up here and there's just too much stimulation going on that eventually my mind is like, oh, we got to forget something. Otherwise, you can't take all this in. Yeah, the mind the mind must evolve or we must figure out how to work with it to live in this world now. It's a lot yeah. different than it's ever been. Yeah, it's weird. I'm uh, I'm not looking forward to the future. but I am. I know. And that's the, <laughs> that's the strange disconnect. between. Like I look at, at the stuff that's happening right now. And I say, wow, five, 10 years from now, it's going to be pretty dark, you know? Uh, and I hope I'm wrong. I mean, maybe that's just a, a cynical viewpoint. Maybe that's just me expecting the worst in people. I think that's a normal human perspective. Yeah. And it has been because if you look back through history, there's always somebody saying in the next five, 10, 20 years, yeah. the world is going to end. That is true. Yeah. And it's so far, it's yet to happen. You I know, mean, maybe there's some people who think the world ended in 2012. And we're just in a simulation now. Well, if it's if we're in a simulation, we should be able to control it. So I think we can. We just we just don't try hard enough. I don't know. And and is that true, or is that just yeah. the modern or a, a more modern take yeah. take on what the human mind is capable of? Well, ever in your life after watching Star Wars, have you tried to use the Force? Ever. Not like one time, nobody's around. You just try to like force push something off the counter. You're like, I can move that with my mind. I've I I don't have confidence in myself to move things with my mind. Yeah, maybe that's where it is. But sometimes I think I use the force to communicate with my dog. That works. And yeah, she seems to do the same to me. And I'm sure you've witnessed that before. Yes, on several occasions. <laughs> that's a whole uh, maybe a Buddhist leaning way of looking at the world. Could be. Yeah, some kind of weird connectivity. All right. Back on topic after I could have honestly taken that simulation theory for another half hour. Like that could have been the world's largest tangent, but I decided that's another episode. It's going to be at some point. Yeah, it has to be. Let me see. 1994. I'm going to actually end up circling back around to uh, Iraq again, but it's not in my notes. It's on my phone. So and I I kind of planned it because it's more recent. So I kind of planned it to be at the end. But I want to go back to Iran, too, at some point. Absolutely, yes. Uh, 1994, the United States Army's 1994 publication, Special Forces, Foreign Internal Defense Tactics, Techniques, and Procedures for Special Forces, which, first off, is, and just, it. there's no reason that book should be that long of a title. That I had to take two breaths to say that, and that's not okay. That's a little so- wordy. That's the way they, I think everything government has that many titles. Yeah, yeah, that's impossible. Updated in 2004, so that very long Special Forces book for techniques and procedures, updated in 2004, recommends employing terrorists 
and using false flag operations to destabilize leftist regimes in Latin America. False flag terrorist attacks were carried out in Latin America and other regions as part of the U or the CIA's dirty wars. And there's proof of that? Yeah, that is. A, well, that's that's the WikiLeaks article. Okay. So it, it depends. Is there proof on it? Depends on how you feel about WikiLeaks. Me personally, yeah. I think anyone that, that goes out and uh, finds information about shady stuff that the government's doing, I, I tend to believe it. But. I, I would have uh, tended to believe it if it was equal. Yeah, if, if it, it wasn't, wasn't just all dark? No, if it wasn't like everything is dark about this particular political party, Yeah, silence on the other side, which we have seen in recent history. Yeah, When originally WikiLeaks was different, it was, it was Yeah, it was basically all secrets. And then all of a sudden it targeted specific groups or individuals and ignored some of the problems on the other side, which supposedly they had the information. So, I mean... I don't mind some of the secrets getting out because yeah. somebody needs to pay attention. Are, are you on the, the boat that what that is, is treason? With WikiLeaks? Yeah. By legal definition, definition. it is yeah. definitely treason. <laughs> well, okay, define tech, sure, Actually, yeah. maybe not treason because WikiLeaks is run by somebody that's not American. So treason. True. Yeah. Have loopholes. To be we found them. Somebody American. Yeah. Now, are there reasons why that person should, in the mind of the U.S. government, should be shut down? Up until the 2016 election, there were plenty of reasons. Yeah. After that, or during that, their, their information was actually used to help, you know, in the election. So it's, it's, it's a, you find that they're just as dangerous as the people they're complaining about when they can do stuff like that. Well, it's everyone with power, right? That's power corrupts that that whole situation. That's yes, that's typically the case. That's unfortunate. It's why the founding fathers set up our country. The reason they did, though, is because they knew that they had yeah. experienced it. They'd studied history, world history. Um, they kind of set it up to avoid having that scenario. The the fact that when George Washington, when they were when the country first became a country and they were figuring out they were going to make George Washington king. And he basically is like, that is everything we fought against. And when he left office, everybody still up until that point, many people thought he would serve for life. And by leaving office like that, it set up the whole scenario we have now where a president can only serve a certain amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you wish that was shorter. I'm not sure what made me go on that tangent, but uh, yeah, but I, I feel like the same thing should be for everyone in the Senate and everyone in Congress and all that. Like, they should all get set terms where it's like, okay, this is all you have. You can't. Yeah, maybe 10 years, maybe eight. I I think it would fix a lot of problems. But... Yeah, there's there's jobs that you can get where you're on probation for 90 days. I honestly think that <laughs> that is a route that should be taken for the government. But here's the problem with that. And I think our founding fathers would... Maybe they would say it differently, but I think they were looking at the same thing. Yeah. The reason they wanted a republic is to avoid past problems with democracy. Like Greece was a democracy, ancient Greece. Yeah. But when you have a regular democracy where the people have the voice equally or all, you know, people tend to go on a whim sometimes. Yeah. And they will make the wrong decisions. And that is the 
why we need our government set up the way it is to kind of insulate us from rash decisions. Yeah, yeah. Um, we could go to war with everybody at any time if the people got in the mood, you know, or we could do all kinds of things. And our it makes things work too fast. And we yeah. see how when things speed up too fast in our personal lives with technology, how overwhelming it is. If that happens to the country all the time because the people are clamoring for some kind of justice somewhere yeah, that may not yeah. make sense. That's maybe why we need the politicians the way they are. Mm. We just need a lot less money and corruption in it. So, And that's really up to us, I guess. That's what they say. I'm not sure I believe that, though. <laughs> all right, let's see. This is... Uh, okay, these are the ones that take place, you know, in the U.S. or its surrounding properties, whatever. I don't I still, what did we call them? Is it? Territories. Territories, okay. Yeah, that probably sounds a lot better than properties. They're not a bunch of realtors. All right. Uh, in 1960, former American Senator George Smathers suggested that the U.S. launch a false attack on Guantanamo Bay to give us the excuse of actually instigating a fight which would then give us the excuse to go in and overthrow Castro. What year is that again? Uh, 60. 60. That, that one has been pr proven mm -hmm. true yeah. multiple times over. That was one of the goals. There were a lot of people that pushed hard for that. Yeah. Um, probably for similar reasons that they pushed hard in Vietnam. They were afraid of the Russians or the Soviet Union at the time. Yeah. And the Soviet Union was gaining strength in, in Cuba. But I guess that that's kind of the whole the whole point of going through these over the years is because for whatever reason today, if you were to mention that you think something is a false flag, then you're pretty much thrown to the wolves. Like, like you know, you're either, you know, torn down by, by the media or anything like that. And, and don't get me wrong, there's a lot of really weird claims for false flag attacks and all that. But there's some that you can actually look into and be like, I don't know, this one sounds kind of shady, you know? I would think those kind of, the false flags you've mentioned, yeah. there's a, a lot of evidence that you can point to and you can see the connections, you can see where we benefit as a country yeah, yeah. or as a population of, of this country. When you see a lot of the more recent ones, when you start following everything it, it fizzles out really quick but they are really sensational and they gain a lot of publicity from certain sides of the internet but isn't the opposite of that possible that maybe they just got really really good at covering their tracks like because once it's the same like what, what do chicks always say like once a cheater always a cheater you know uh isn't it kind of the same thing like you're you're not you're lying to to the people of your country and you're making false claims that are actually you know hurting other people <laughs> right like for for your own gain and so i think if if they were capable of doing that 50 60 years ago like even as recently as the early 2000s and all that 20 years ago uh i i think they're capable of doing it now and they might just be a little sneakier at it you know i would think that that is the unfortunate reality of being a superpower a superpower that is the most powerful nation that has ever existed on earth even when you throw in Russia or China. And the the level of control the U.S. has on the world economy is just, when you really look at it, it's staggering. And But isn't a lot of that China now? That is the new theory, but it sounds a lot well, like- China practically owns us, right? <laughs> like, I mean, we're in so much debt to China, there's no way we could ever get out. Well, and people use that, and even government officials use that as a reason to mess with China, create tension, throw yeah. them off balance. And to me, that almost sounds a lot like this, what we've 
already talked about. Yeah. That almost sounds like a false flag. And is it something that's going to help us? It's, it's not. Um, is it something that's going to help China? No. I mean, they can use it to kind of recruit um, people to their cause, but China needs us as much as we need them. Their economy is based on our economy. Yeah. And I think we've seen that recently. Right. Yeah. I mean, it would make more sense for a government like Russia to provoke both countries against each other while they consolidate more power um, than the U.S. actually not having a decent relationship with China. But there's all kinds of problems that come with having a decent relationship with China, too. So, Do you ever think that a lot of what goes on in government is just kind of childish? Like, we're all a bunch of adults. We should be able to figure this out relatively easily, you know? Like, why is peace such a crazy concept? There's, I think there's a lot of reasons, and some of it is just... Cultural? Is it... No, I mean, there's been that statement about different people before, but I think humans need something to do constantly, and if they're kept busy, they do amazing things, Um, and that sounds kind of controlling, but that's basically being a human anyway. When you're not kept busy, life is just boring. Uh, that's what I see. That's what everyone says. Uh, I don't, <laughs> I don't agree. I but, think if I wasn't busy all the time, I would be ecstatic. And maybe after a few months of doing nothing, I'd be like, all right, this is getting old. But, but you would, you could, you could find a way to enjoy it, but it's not good for the body or the mind yeah. at the same time. So eventually it's going to come back on you. Um, I don't know how I got on that one. But uh, I don't even remember your question. Uh, I don't think I had a question. Okay, I just was ranting. <laughs> that makes sense. I no, but see that that's what happens when you start discussing one thing is it spreads, and eventually, like I mean, it's not even a tangent because it was led in. It was, there was a segue at some point to get to that that other uh, discussion. So it's not even a tangent. It's just discussing. Yeah, it's it's funny because like I will probably always explain away conspiracies or false flags yeah. in a way. You know, there's some like you've mentioned, that you can go back and prove. But I think it's also dangerous more now than even then, the way they're thrown out there, the way they're promoted, yeah, and the following they get. Because some of them, if you really did spend a little bit of time checking into sources, you might find that there's a different reason. And because information in the news moves so fast, we don't have time to really look into some of these things and see, hey, this is just some internet yeah person yeah. promoting their their podcast or their youtube channel that is uh that is true but also there's so, there's so much news you know 24 hour news cycle alone you're going to recycle stories very quickly like you're going to be done with it be like all right that was last week you know this is what's happening now and even though what happened last week could be a major event that people still need to be talking about nothing you know epstein in general should still be discussed a lot like, we need to get to the bottom of that. We need answers for that because no one is given anything, you know, but it's not going to happen because the news, <laughs> there's always something worse going on. And while Epstein, we should know more about that whole situation. I think we do. Like, we don't know the specifics, but we know exactly what happened. I think there's too many conspiracies with that even, though. Really about him just being suicided because... Be, I can see both sides. I mean, there were yeah. too many weird things that had to happen to give him that window to kill himself because people didn't do their job properly. We will never be able to figure out one way or another, which is exactly why it's so important that say in this situation, a prison guard is on his game. Yeah. And we know that that doesn't happen 
in that environment. And yeah. it's not necessarily the prison guard's fault. That is a horrible environment to work in. Yeah. For, for the majority of them. I mean, understandably, that, yeah. You, you will see the world in a way that is not real to the rest of us, but it is a reality in the prison. And, yeah. you know, there, that's a whole other thing is reform, reforming that system. But because those guards did not do their job or were paid off, whichever way you go, yeah. it, is, it creates a problem and allows guilty people to get away. Because if, the, if everybody had been doing their job, all the cameras were working, this might not be an issue. It might just be a weak man or an evil man that finally got caught and knew what was going to happen and just added to the issue by killing himself and taking yeah. Instead of answering for all the things he'd done, he took it's I mean, yeah, that is a possibility. But I think the bigger possibility is that everyone knew he was going to talk about the people that were connected to him, his inner circle, all that stuff. All these big wigs and CEOs and wealthy men were going to get taken down because he wouldn't go down by himself. He has all the information. You know, it's very it's just very I mean, if you were if you were a wealthy man had been ensnared by his blackmail. Yeah. Wouldn't you pay somebody to do the same? To kill him? Maybe. I mean, look. Yeah. You're, dif you're different when you're at. When I bet. You, yeah. When you're going to take down your whole life's work, when you're going to destroy your family's wealth. Yeah. Maybe you make that decision. You know, I'm not in a position of power like that. But but see, now it, it for, for people like myself who curiosity will just eat away at me until I know the actual truth. You know, and that's uh, that is often the case with conspiracies. It's like, OK, maybe there's a lot of information here and maybe a lot of it points to some really shady stuff that's going on. But I want to know, like and you never get to the end of it. It's like yep, loose ends, all everything. Like, OK, everything is just I guess I won't ever know this. And that's kind of like life in general, because yeah, it's, a, it's just a I don't know. It's, it seems like there's always somebody hiding something from you. And sometimes there is. But yeah. it's uh, it's messy. It's a carousel of misery. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's one thing to watch the X-Files and enjoy that for entertainment. Yeah. It's another thing sometimes to get so into some of those things that it keeps you in a dark place forever. I mean, whether that's the way the people in power are acting or what they're doing, in some cases, I'd say, yes. Is it a national policy to do the things that we blame our government for doing? I don't think so all the time. Yeah, uh, it's we're a very diverse country and that's it's not going to work all the time. But there are groups of people out there that try to consolidate power and stay in power and just keep gaining wealth and influence. And that's dangerous. And that's why our system is set up to maybe not have monopolies, to elect different people. Yeah. That, uh, our system is is set up for the both sides of the political spectrum to fight and push each other until they come up with something that works best for everybody instead of best for the right or the left. Yeah. Yeah. But when it gets to like blackmail and, and stuff like that, like you're 100% abusing that, that and the platform like loses all of its like credibility at that point, you know, like, because then you're just abusing the system and the system doesn't work if it's being abused. Well, and some of these people should do more to make sure they're not in a position of yeah. being blackmailed. True. Yeah. Well, absolutely. But there's 
look, there's weird parties that go on in Hollywood, you know, DC, all these like big wigs, these rich people, like they do weird stuff. Like they need that entertainment. Like they need to reach that next level, you know? And it, that's, that's what's strange to me. I'm like, why? What's it's, the point of it? It's less strange to me because it's always been something since you can trace it back to the Romans, but I'm sure it goes far before that yeah. into history. That's maybe not written like the Romans did, but, um, you look at our sports is a, is a form of a gladiator game. Yeah, pretty much. Our news has become the same way because, you know, they set up our... It's say, reality TV. Well, our, our cable news, the, yeah. where they have two teams, you know, up on a panel or a segment where they're arguing with each other. And then it's you pick your team and that's no matter what your team is right. Yeah. And that's the way we are throughout this country right now we've fallen into that so it's a natural i guess human trait so we should blame sports no because it's think, making us pick a team <laughs> it's making us see like i think a divide i think it's fine in sports actually i really do for the most part it's it's an outlet which yeah. is what sports is supposed to be an outlet a way of inspiring us a yeah. form of entertainment and it's okay there but in our our society where everything is marketed and branded you find that that it works in other ways like cable news but in doing that it destroys your access to news to where it's better just not to even pay attention to the news which is me right now well me for like the last six years i haven't watched anything on the news i don't watch cable news um anymore and back in the early 90s i just had that playing all the time yeah um but it's become unhealthy it's hard to fill a 24-hour day mm -hmm. with 24 hours of depressing stuff well usually too if it bleeds it leads yeah. and that's always been the, th the case when it comes to television and, and news and tragedy um but it, it's overwhelming and now it's constantly you have an enemy is yeah. what the news is telling you always and we'll tell you who it is after the next commercial <laughs> yeah yeah 100 percent. all right uh moving along to okay we just did 1960 that was the george smathers uh overthrow castro and there's several castro inspired ones here because it, it's pretty much the 60 1961 1962 <laughs> like there was a very dark period where we were just trying to to invade anywhere we could i have a fun fact about castro really quick though what's that well the uh, la dodgers for people that don't know the baseball team had a had a manager named tommy lasorda for years yeah for years um in the 70s and 80s me being a Dodger fan, I know this. Me being a, a baseball fan, yeah, I know this. He played in the minor leagues with Fidel Castro in baseball. And what? <laughs> Fidel Castro was a minor league baseball player. He he had been wow. he, he had a pretty good baseball career to where he might have had a shot to make it to the major league. Yeah, we could have bypassed a lot of That is exactly stuff. what Tommy yeah. Lasorda said. Could you imagine how different the world would be if he'd been a better baseball player? That is nuts. Yeah. Yeah, I had no idea. That is. That's hilarious to think about. Is that thunder? I can never tell. Okay, like when I first moved out here, I, I swear China told me there was no lightning, there was no thunderstorms, nothing like that. And she also told me there was no ants. And ants are this big i see lightning i see thunder well i don't see lightning as much but the nice thing about the ants here i'll just is they're not they don't tend to bite you like the ants they're in california <laughs> like, like they're, they're huge big. but they're now lightning and thunder i love lightning and thunder i was thrilled to find out that alaska has 
thunderstorms. I don't think they, I mean, they've had them, but I think there's more now because it's warmer up here yeah. the last few years than it normally is. What a great time to be here then for me, uh, yeah. you know, and you as well, you were a desert dweller for a lot of your life, you know? Uh, yeah, it's great. I, I, I really appreciate Alaska when everything is green and yeah. the sun is out all day and yeah. I have a little bit of trouble in the winter, but the spring and summer is a, is yeah. great. And you appreciate something like that more than you ever did when you grew up in the desert. And yeah. it's either cold or too hot, and it's almost always brown. Yeah, yeah that is, uh, that's very true. I, I'm actually excited about this, though, because uh, China told me that we're going for a walk when she gets home. And if it starts raining... I love the rain. I'll go, I'll go for a walk in the rain, but I don't think that she will, which means I might get out of a walk. It is raining, actually. Wow. That's It'll good stop news. by then. You think? That's like, I don't know. She'll be home in like 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Well, we're talking about um, false flag operations, which the government won't like. So maybe they just, we're going to cut this rain. So he has to go walk. Wow. Classic government. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do. All right. Uh... Okay, this 1961, getting back on track, uh, nine months before Operation Northwoods. So you know what Operation Northwoods is, correct? You may have to refresh my memory. There's I, a lot I will, of operations. I will. Though actually, the next tidbit of info after this one is... is this, oh, we're still on Cuba, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, so this was nine months before Operation Northwoods. Uh, official State Department documents show that in 1961, the head of the Joint Chiefs and other high-level officials discussed blowing up a consulate in the Dominican Republic in order to justify an invasion of that country. The plans were not carried out, but they were discussed as serious proposals. For the Dominican Republic? Yeah. So it seems like our first initial, whenever we're thinking about how can we get into a place, is usually, what are we going to blow up? And say that they did it to us and then get in. That works. That's dirty, though. That's, that's oh, my God, that that's, bugs me. That, that, is, that is how the Nazis came to power. Yeah. Was a false flag operation that basically helped give Hitler and his group enough power to just totally take over all the government. Yeah. And in a way, it was brilliant, but... Brilliant, sure, but... But look what terrifying. happened later. Yeah. Well, sometimes when they when when you have people that are willing to do things like that, you find out they're not really the people you want leading you. Yeah. My my big I guess it's it's just ironic that you know we would go fight Germany for doing the same thing that we are doing and saying you can't do that. Like, well, are we the only ones that can bomb our own citizens or what? I would say that not everybody knows that we're doing this. Not even people yeah. in power. Look, even even when documents get released, it nobody actually reads them. They're long. <laughs> nobody wants. We don't leave, read the terms of or terms and agreements for our phone updates. Like Apple could be programming us with all kinds of weird shit all the time. We don't read those ever. No. So why would we read documents from the government? And they probably know that, which is why we have cell phones. It all comes back around. It's. it's I know? think um, we have access to a lot of these documents. Yeah, the Freedom of Information Act. Mm -hmm. Um, which is more access than we had back in a lot of these times. Yeah. But I interrupted you. Well, we, what were you, go back to it. Oh, I think that, that was the end of it. That okay. Was, uh, yeah. It's, the whole Cuba thing is just a lot of dirtiness. Mm -hmm. And they were upon it. And, and going through this information, 
it makes us sound truly evil as a as a nation in some ways. Yeah. But Cuba was stuck in the middle of the United States and Soviet Union, and the Soviet Union was using their influence on Cuba to basically provoke the United States. It was mm. it had the potential to be kind of a, a Soviet Union United States war, but maybe never having their troops battle each other. It was going to be like a war by proxy, which Soviet Union would be using Cuba to keep us tied down in Cuba so that they could maybe expand their reach in other regions, like say, be it South Vietnam, which is what they were definitely doing at the time. And then later on, they went to Latin America. Yeah. So it was a, it was a war. It was the Cold War. And that was part of the battle. And it's dark and dangerous and makes us look really horrible in some ways mm -hmm. as a country. Yeah. But we had. What makes humanity look horrible? It's, I mean, it's, it's never just us being us. It's, it's usually with some other party involved, some other, you know. But we expect a certain level of comfortness in this country. We expect yeah. to be powerful and rich. That's the whole American dream. And those are the things that are done to keep the United States as a superpower in power because it's profitable for us. We can help control different areas of the world, which will bring a lot more money in, in, into our economy. So there's, yeah. there's a reason for it and that we all benefit from. So it's really, instead of just throwing out the whole system, normal citizens should be more into how can I fix this? You know, like, and I think that's where you see both Democrats and Republicans, they almost want to throw out the whole system yeah, one way or another. Or, but the basics are there. We just need to be better yeah, in the yeah. world, especially now that we have this much power. When you have a lot of power, you have a lot of responsibility. Yeah. Un Uncle Ben shared that one with us. <laughs> Not the rice guy, right? No. Spider-Man guy. Yeah, d different Uncle Ben. <laughs> I think his name was Uncle Ben, right? Spider-Man? I think so. Okay. Because otherwise, it's a terrible blunder on my part. I'm pretty sure it's Uncle Ben. Yeah, because that's the first I thought of the rice and Spider-Man right away. So you oh. were both wrong. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed. Okay. Operation Northwoods. This was 1962. As admitted by the U.S. government, recently declassified documents show that in 1962, the American Joint Chiefs of Staff signed off on a plan to blow up American airline or airlines. Yeah, that would have been interesting. Uh, to blow up American airplanes using an elaborate plan involving the switching of airplanes and also to commit terrorist acts on American soil and then to blame it on the Cubans in order to justify an, inv an invasion of Cuba. So pretty much, we were going to blow up our own people to justify an invasion in Cuba. So we're willing to just sacrifice some people. Like, eh, yeah, who are they? Their families? <laughs> Meaningless. Did, I wonder if, because this never, never really happened, but it was a plan. Was it a plan amongst many that were discussed at the time? And this one just looked really nefarious, and it, it lasted into that we still pay attention to it. Yeah. And but even the fact that it was suggested that should never be on the table. We have we pay people and the government pays people and yeah. we have military planners and and now um hackers that their whole job is planning for every scenario. Yeah. The CIA does it. That's weird. The NSA, they all plan the worst scenarios and how to respond to each one. 
So when it's something comes up in the world, you that, get the right people and they come to you with, okay, this is what we planned. Yeah. This is where to go. Or this is what has worked in these situations before. So, I mean, if we saw some of the plans that our government has through its history, especially since the end of World War II, yeah. when we really started doing this stuff. Well, um, we've seen some. I mean, if, if it, the, I mean, a lot of these alone are relatively dark, right? They yeah. all have some pretty shady implications. Uh, and the fact that this stuff is admitted to the general public, if you want to look it up, is dark all on its own. I think some plans that you would that never even were considered, but yeah. were put in put together and maybe given to people in power as a potential um, option, would be way darker than this. Yeah, I mean, possibly. You know, that's the job of people that help protect this country is to plan for every scenario, or you know to. To, as defense, but also plan for what to do in each region to further the U.S. interest, which sometimes aren't always the best, you know, interest, yeah. or they don't always have the best intentions, or, you know, it's a power grab, or to destabilize Russia, you know, like our involvement in Afghanistan when the Soviets invaded Afghanistan. Yeah. I mean, we were basically doing the same thing to them that they did to us in Vietnam which was pour a lot of money and, and weapons and different things into that region so they could keep fighting the Russians yeah, and bog them down. Yeah. Some might call that karma. For the, Rus for the Russians doing it first? Because the Russians were the, did it first. And or was it retaliation on, on our part? It was an opportunity, an opportunity that is what you or most nations will do. They don't necessarily want an equal rival. Yeah, they want yeah. a rival that's a little off balance so that they can never become powerful enough to attack or destroy their system. Makes so it, it makes sense from... It's like a big game of risk is what it, it is. is. It's, exactly. it's, very, it's weird to think about that we can whip out a board game and do the exact same thing exactly. <laughs> that's happening in the real world that we live in. Like that's, it's just weird. Like I'll get lost in these weird trains of thought where I'll compare, you know, this grand scheme of life that we're living to the, the most minute things. And in this example, risk, like it's just weird. Cause you can see maybe the mindset behind some of this stuff and you can be like, maybe that is justified. Like, but who are we to decide if it's justified? That's the thing. Like who gets to make that call to say, this is right. This is wrong. I think that's always going to be a problem for the United States, and yeah. it has been a problem for every powerful yeah, yeah. nation beforehand. It's like, who makes the decisions, and what do you do when that person starts making the wrong decision? Yeah. And it's, it's not simple. And I think the way we get spun up sometimes is a simplistic view of it. Yeah. And as dirty as much of these things that I'm sure we're talking about or we're going to talk about, are they necessary? And I think sometimes, unfortunately, in an advanced world, they are necessary. And the year after Northwoods, by the way, Mongoose, which uh, I don't know, it, it kind of similar. You know, it seems like these were all several just things that were tossed around like, hey, maybe we go this route. Yeah. So in addition to Operation Northwoods, under the Operation Mongoose program, the U.S. Department of Defense had a number of similar proposals to be taken against the Cuban regime of Fidel Castro. A different U.S. Department of Defense policy paper created in 1963 discussed a plan to make it appear that Cuba had attacked a member of the Organization of American States, the OAS, so that the United States could retaliate. The U.S. Department of Defense document says, 
of one of the scenarios, a, quote, contrived Cuban attack on an OAS member could be set up and the attacked state could be urged to take measures of self-defense and request assistance from the U.S. and OAS. That's kind of brilliant. It is. No, but it's also kind of, you know, it's shouldn't be. You know, it, that shouldn't be the option. And I think... Um, Isn't there, like, there's more ways to go about this stuff, right? Like, surely if you would have thought about it for, let's just even say, 45 more seconds, be like, maybe we could think of something better than this route. Probably, especially looking back at it. At the time, I wonder if it looked rational. But um, I, I think Cuba, at some point, should be its whole episode because there are so many... It's crazy. It it's, was such a powerful player in the United States yeah. after after they came after Fidel Castro came into power um and even before that that it's just it's it's a, it's an amazing crazy ride that just I'm not sure it's completely over yet but it has died down a lot yeah. in recent years yeah that might have to be it could be like a three part thing <laughs> It'll be, I mean, there's so many connections yeah. I mean you know, we're talking about Castro, but then there's Kennedy, there's the mob. Yeah. So everyone, everyone joins in. Yes. And they, at that time, they, again, they were trying to, they were concerned about Soviet communist expansion. Yeah. And the Soviets wanted to put somebody right on our border, you know, to expand their power and that we were doing everything we could to keep that, keep from, that happening. from happening. Yeah. Including almost going to nuclear war. Yeah. So that would have been a great ending. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it, it's a, it's amazing to me that we didn't fight at that time. Yeah. That people were able to calm it down. Yeah. All right. 1950 to 1970, a U.S. Congressional Committee or U.S. Congressional Committee admitted that as part of its COINTELPRO campaign, the FBI had used many provocateurs in the 1950s through 1970s to carry out violent acts and falsely blame them on political activists. That's totally true. Yeah. But but see, that's that's also happening right now. I don't like, think it's happening. There's no correlation there. There's nothing between. I don't think it's at anywhere near that level because there are too many watchdogs. Now, at that time, there wasn't. So you can just go down a list of famous people at the time that were being surveilled or watched or provoked. Um, the J. Edgar Hoover years made the FBI a powerhouse, but in order for him to stay in power at that time with the type of person he was in, he was during that time period, because this is a man who was, who was gay and he was hiding it, but kind of openly from everybody. And the way he could stay in power at that time, because all somebody had to do was throw that out there and into the media at that time, he would have lost his power. Yeah, yeah. He had, he did create, he served basically watched everybody he had information on everybody famous everybody powerful but but you you can't draw parallels to what's happening like today with even just the the george floyd stuff alone like people are finding stacks of bricks on street corners without construction nearby there, there's people going around like that that uh what's his umbrella man or whatever like just and there's pictures pointing out that maybe it's you know a minnesota police or what minneapolis minnesota i don't know i don't know what department specifically but uh, that this dude was going around with an umbrella, breaking out AutoZone windows with a hammer. That You know, that wouldn't surprise me, but I don't think it's, you know, before it was the FBI. Yeah. Now it might be a couple people locally that are... You think like the, like the KKK or something is trying to incite riots or like, because that, that's possible. Like that it would is benefit them. Possible. Yeah. It, would, it always benefits 
their recruitment at that time when there's yeah. riots. So yeah, would one or two officers that aren't, you know, looking out for the best interest of their citizens want to push it a little bit to yeah. maybe throw the blame off them a little, you know? Could it just be some somebody from 4chan wanting to go out there and see some more violence so they could, you know, spread their darkness somewhere else? I mean... 4, 4chan is a scary place. It is. Yeah. Um, I've, I've literally been on there like two times. And it's like, if Reddit was heaven, then 4chan is hell. Like, it's the polar opposite. As far as just personalities, like, you get a lot of strange people on Reddit yeah. or very, you know, opinionated people. But 4chan has some very seedy individuals that just love to watch the world burn. Yes. Like, yes. And that's, you know, where people gather to watch it happen, too. I mean, it's not necessarily all those people are bad. Some of them are probably just, you know, at a certain age, that's what you you look for. Yeah. And it's accessible to, to that age group easier than it ever was. Um, I guess the one one thing that might help is all those people are actively logged by the, the government. So if they ever really step out of line, the government knows who they are, whether they're promoting violence or they're white supremacists that find their their presence there. Yeah. They're not hidden. So so you think it's more like local organizations that are stirring up this stuff or trying to get like incite the riots for their own, whether they just want to, you know, go out and beat up black people or, uh, you know, for the progression of their own agenda. Like you don't you don't necessarily think that it's the government and like, trying to incite riots so that it can enact martial law on and control the, the citizens even more. Like, is that a possibility? Because it has to be a possibility, right? Like there's no. Like if, if you can say that maybe it's the KKK or people on 4chan, then it could also, we could add one more to that. And it could be the government trying to get more control over its its population. I, I could I could see people believing that, yeah. but I think, um, does the government really want to get that much control over their population? If you look Probably. at, but if you look at us going with the whole COVID thing and people being quarantined and how much our economy is suffering from it and going to suffer. That does that doesn't seem like a profitable way for the government to take action in but this country. Like you said, it's two sides fighting each other, and we've noticed they always play dirty. So is it possible that maybe the left is trying to make Trump look so bad, which they don't even have to do, for the record. It's something that comes off naturally. You know? All he has to do is talk. Yeah. Or and so tweet. so is it possible that this is like some kind of weird which is that whole quote unquote pandemic or whatever where people are like, Well, this was planned, which I'm still not sure that it wasn't. I'm sure like, it wasn't. Like I, I don't know, man. There's That's a lot a of different. like that will be an episode. I will absolutely touch on that. Just not while we're still in the middle of it, you know. Because I've I've heard enough podcasts on COVID nineteen and all that fun stuff. I just I think if if we're gonna entertain the thought of it being other options, then we could toss one more in the mix and say the government wants to take us down, wants to control us, wants to keep us in line, so that we're not you know gumming up the works of their operation. It's but, the digital age though, right? That's that's the main thing is we're so close to this information now that they have to control us more to keep us from finding out all the weird shit they're doing. The corporations of the country and the world probably do not want the government to do that. And probably. that's where all yeah. the politicians' money comes from. So they're going to have some control over it. That's why we and so many people have pushed for opening things up is because too many, too many corporations are losing money. Yeah. So if the government cracks down on us that hard, those corporations aren't going to make money either. And so that's where I kind of lose like when people talk about the what is it the martial law 
Yeah, yeah. That when that came out months ago, several times, like every few yeah, it years, comes out. Yeah, and, it's uh, yeah, and it's come out a lot different times lately. But it just doesn't make financial sense, and that's what yeah. keeps me from thinking the government wants that much control. They want the money flowing, and that's all that really matters. And but, to do that, they must protect our borders. Sometimes they must yeah. probably take out a couple citizens that are fighting that. But as long as our country is about making money. We will have some freedom yeah. from that kind of oppression. So, but I mean, even if it wasn't, let's say the government looking for more control, I mean, the companies, big companies and stuff like that could just as easily want more control. And they, I'm sure, would be absolutely fine with losing some money because, I mean, look, Je Jeff Bezos could stop working right now and he'd have enough money for the, the rest of, I don't know, a million lifetimes, you know? So, I mean, people like that, if you think of all the other companies, like all these food companies and all these other ones then wouldn't they be okay? Like if they, if it meant that they could control the narrative or control what direction we go in as a country, wouldn't it, wouldn't they be okay with losing, you know, a couple months worth of their, their income? They'd still be, I'm sure they can still pay their bills. A good company would have been ready and had the money set aside yeah. to survive that and to also buy their rivals as their rivals started going bankrupt. Um, but one thing I think, especially with all the protests going on, you've seen a lot of big companies donate millions and billions mm -hmm. of dollars yeah, absolutely. to the to Black Lives Matter and other groups. Yeah. Which shows me that there's potential for change because if these companies start putting their money behind change, that means that's what they expect to happen. They expect the change to happen, they support it. Pretty soon others, like the government, is gonna have to support some of these changes yeah um localized police forces just there's a lot of changes coming but what gives me a little bit of hope is seeing the companies big companies like bank of america and uh you know everybody expects nike to you know put money toward it but facebook even i mean all these different yeah different companies are putting a ton of money into the this change that we're hearing about because of protest, because of the death, yeah. you know, in police custody of, of someone that, you know, that's been a problem in, in these communities for a long time and been talked about from the early days of rap music. They were talking about these problems yeah. in those communities. And there's there, you know, not all the cops are bad, but yeah. one or two bad ones make, make them all look bad. Well, and yeah. It's another victim of the 24-hour news cycle, too, though, right? It's, right. And they're not going to show this this week. The cop went and he rescued a cat out of a tree. No, because, no, that because that's, that's boring. Yeah. Um, but the and, and the police tend to form a brotherhood where they protect each other. And, and sometimes they protect people that shouldn't be protected. But also they have to form that brotherhood because of the type of job they do. I mean, it's you look at like Killer Mike talking about this the, a few days ago. Um, and he's always been he like is in that spot he's always been able to find that spot where he, yes he supports a lot of police because yeah. his family, family yeah yeah but he doesn't support the ones that are you know out there beating people right is that just narcissists is it narcissists or is it people with like you know small short man syndrome or whatever it is like people that or just power hungry assholes that i think there's a combination of things yeah. and you know most play most um of the different police forces have some kind of um psychiatric evaluation yeah that helps weed out some problems but it is not an easy job you have to when you live in that that lifestyle 24 7 or basically you're working it all the time so you only see 
in some cases, the worst of society or you're yeah. in a, a really dangerous area, your mind naturally starts handling that different. And it's not always going to see what's really going on. Um, yeah. And it's just, I think there's some leftover things from hundreds of years of American history. And it's just time for some changes to be made to make it more, um, to make it better for everybody. Yeah. You know, start with cameras on everybody. That takes away some of the problems that you're going to see. But also takes away some of the uh, freedom that we have. Yep, it does. <laughs> like that's, but that's that's just another. But we sh- but we don't have freedom in public areas. Yeah, and cameras on the police not only protects us, it protects them. Well, we have body cams, but those but those are mysteriously go you know black sometimes when they you know want to. Oops, I'm covering my body cam. Like, maybe maybe know? it needs to be like a reporter going to do an, a really important interview. You you have three body cams yeah. and one of them better. They better back each other up. You know maybe that's the future we're going to. I don't. I just Minority Report is the future we're going towards. That's unfortunately that's like since that movie came out what like 2003 or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, since that movie came out, it's been in the back of my mind like that's the direction. And I think it's the story was w- written 20 years before that or something. I think That's it's an older scarier. story. Yeah. It's where we're at. I don't, there's some good points to it too. Um, okay. So today we have mentioned some of the verifiable false flags that the United States has done. Does that in any way open you up to the possibility of some of the, the crazier theories that might be out there? Like if this is possible, if these are the ones that are documented, 100% verifiable that we have done or attempted or planned, does that mean that some of the other ones are? Because I feel like, you know, our entire world or our entire lives for the most part, we're told that things aren't black and white. Like sometimes there's a gray area, but why is it in these instances, whenever we try to find that gray area or we try to find anything like that and be like, uh, no, this doesn't make sense. People are like, no, it's 100% this, and there's no skewing from that path. It is just this. It's either black or white. Like, there's no... So my entire life, I've been told it's not black and white. But now as an adult, I'm told it's black and white. This is what it is. You know, like, does that make sense? I think some of it's it's because the digital age. Yeah. Where, you know, we're trained now to like or dislike something. Yeah. And there's like... There's no button for it. It's kind of okay. And then all of our news and all of our politics come from one side or the other. True. Yeah. And and again, it's going back to the sports analogy. That's kind of way the way we are on everything. Instead of finding, like, if you look at those past false flag operations, there is some gray there still. Yeah. On, because you can find justification in there somewhere. Justification yeah. or, or why it was done or the fear of the nation at the time or the people in power. Now we're but not just from to... a moral standpoint. There's no justification. Like we should never attempt to blow up our own planes. We should never. We should. And we should always, from a moral standpoint, from us low citizens all the way up to the top, yeah. should practice being better people in every way. And that's not something that's going to happen overnight. It's just people have to be better and ex- and expect their politicians and their celebrities to be better. And you know. Don't pay the people that don't promote good things. Yeah, but but see, it's the bad things that are very entertaining. And that's the problem is we love drama. I mean, you look, there's like 50 shows on Netflix right now about people who don't know each other getting married. Like, it's such a, like we're looking for these weird dramatic scenarios that we can sink our teeth into because we need it. It's like that, that gladiator thing all over again where we need the attention, like entertain us, you know? But there's always a balance. Yeah. You know, there's... Those shows are on for because they make money. 
Yeah, which if, says if, a lot about society. Yeah, if we all individually tried to be a little bit better, maybe those shows wouldn't be as popular. Yeah. Maybe cable news would go away and Rush Limbaugh would not be on the air anymore. It's Good luck, yeah. It's, it's not something that can be, that the nation can say, we're going to take away this person's right to be on Fox News or, or, you know, have a platform from Hollywood, but the people that vote or that pay the money for these different products need to be a little bit better at choosing things that don't just benefit them, but benefit a lot of other people. Instead of isolating themselves and being controlled by fear, they need to just be better people and find find out what that means, what that journey is. And yeah, yeah. I mean, that sounds all hippie-ish, but it's our jobs individually to make the world we want to live in. And I think that if everybody starts doing that more, instead of watching reality TV or watching politics, we'll do a better job at making choices all around us. And that yeah. will eventually lead to better choices in business and corporations and politicians. Yeah. Unfortunately, it seems like it's trending the other direction where reality is or reality TV and crazy stuff is. I mean, you know, the whole world was in an uproar about uh, a gay zoo owner, cowboy and like all that fiasco. You know, like we, we love that kind of weird. We're like, what? This dude loves tigers and hates Carol Baskin. Like that's, I mean, there's hope. Maybe there's hope. It's a reflection on us and we yeah. still get choices on how we're going to handle that. And Sure, we make bad choices all the time, but the next choice doesn't have to be the same as the last choice. And it's always okay to change what you were or what you are and expect others to do the same, you know, instead of just being okay with the way we're entertained and distracted. True. Yeah. So uh, I will close on this. The whole, since I didn't really give an introduction, um, the whole premise of this podcast is to get two views. Like, look, you and I are like pretty much polar opposites on a lot of weird beliefs and, you know, just but but we don't argue about it it's really more or less like what if this happens what if this happens you know like like that's the one thing that i feel like is missing from um you know you get a lot of conspiracy podcasts that are just 100 die hard this is what's happening it's crazy we're all gonna die get used to it and then you get people that are out there disproving these things but you don't get the two in one like i want the whole picture i want what some people believe happened and what you know the narrative is that happened and what maybe because so, like i'm i'm very open you know, I'm, I'm open to hearing both sides because I want, I just, honestly, it's just about curiosity and about knowing the truth, you know? So hearing certain things could switch my mind from being like the government's after me to just, uh, maybe it was just a weird thing that happened, you know? Like, and that's bound to happen every once in a while. Like I've got very, very strange stories that I'm sure, like, I won't even believe that I'll just be scrolling through and I'll try to get your opinion on that, you know? Because that's, I think that's what people need. And maybe if people heard both sides, they wouldn't be as aggressive maybe what's well, a scary world we're living in so you kind of can't blame people for reacting the way way they are in a lot of cases we're bombarded with fear and it's just going to happen it's we're naturally going to become fearful so i tend to tend to always try to find the rational view on on those kind of things and more like why we act the way we act yeah. I'm, I'm no expert but well, same. i have, I a, get, I have yeah. opinions and, and conspiracies are interesting but are they dangerous now possibly <laughs> okay all right well i think that should do it uh i don't know how long we are but um, when i trim down china's interrupting us it should be you know pretty good what do you have to say to that, China. We got a thumbs up and a nod of approval from China. That is the end. Thanks for listening, Mom.
something.